It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the studios of 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., welcoming you to a special edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast. Coming up on today's show, Bill Haston from the Tulsa World and myself on 97.1 FM, the sports animal in Tulsa, had a chance to talk with Matt Pinto, the voice of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And over the next 20 minutes, you are going to hear Matt touch on Kevin Durant and why he continues to take pot shots at Oklahoma City, how long this current roster of the Thunder will be together, who will be taking the last shot in the early part of the year, and how close was Doc Rivers to being on point when talking about the Thunder wanting to break up their team. Now, a preview of tomorrow's show, we will have highlights from Sam Presti's media session uh, from Thursday. We will have that on tomorrow's show, and if we have time, we'll do Chris Paul's player capsule. If not, we'll get to that sometime next week, but that's a preview of tomorrow's show. If you don't know who I am, my name is Eric G. I work for 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. I'm Pat Jones' co-host on the Pat Jones on the Pat Jones Show, and I'm also the editor in chief of Thunder Maven, which is a Sports Illustrated channel dedicated to all things Oklahoma City Thunder. Find us at basketballmaven.io/thunder, or the easiest thing to do is just follow us at Thunder Maven. Well, a couple of days ago, Matt Pinto was gracious enough to come on our show, the Pat Jones Show on 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. Bill Haston from the Tulsa World was filling in for Pat Jones, and we started the interview off by asking Matt, two seconds left, the Thunder are down by two, they need a three to win or a two to tie, who's getting the last shot? Uh, early in the season, it's going to hurry. Um, you notice I prefaced that. <laughs> we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see the length of time he has in a Thunder uniform. I think he is coveted by a lot of contending teams off of a career year with the Clippers. Uh, but I think, you know, he is an extraordinary offensive talent. That's a, a matchup, a nightmare, always has been for the Thunder defense. And it'll be fun to watch him in a Thunder uniform do his thing with a veteran point guard that knows um, where the ball needs to go in different sets in a timely way in Chris Paul. Um, so, I, But I do think it's Gallinari. I think he's a player that has, an extraordinary offensive skill set that the fans here will, will uh, I think, really enjoy watching while he's in a Thunder uniform. You, uh, Matt is privileged in that he's an insider, uh, an organization insider, and uh, always knows more than he's able to maybe divulge on the broadcast or when he's on with the Oklahoma City Animal guys. Uh, but I, I just wondered, Matt, I mean, now that it, after it all shook out over the summer, and the roster is what it is today. If if most of the fan base was shocked at what went down, what was your level of surprise? If if there was any level of surprise, no, I think Bill, the reality of what went down is incredibly shocking. When you consider Russell being 
um, the fourth overall pick in 08 and growing through his own individual identity and the identity of this team through the years and, and showing the fierce loyalty he did to OKC and to the organization through some really tough times. I mean, he stood firm and strong. So I think there's this everlasting gratitude for him. Um, but I also think that when Paul George made it clear that he had eyes on L.A. to play with Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers, the organization had to act decisively, and they did. They maximized, I think, both of those transactions uh, with an eye on the future, and I think it was wise business. This is pro sports. I think there's a life cycle uh, that exists for most every player in the NBA for a variety of different reasons, and so the organization now looks to replenish the roster and move forward as quickly as possible to, to reestablishing um, – their status as a contender, which they've had for so many years. So, you know, I've said frequently on the air bill, and you and I have had this conversation, that fans of this organization have no idea how blessed they've been to see five, count them, five Hall of Famers in their team's uniform for just over a decade. I mean, that, that is remarkable. And I think this organization has shown the acumen to um, continue to churn in that direction. So it's exciting to see where this thing goes from here. Matt Pinto joining us here on the Sports Animal. Matt, the one thing about what has happened with the Thunder is if you're Sam Presti, this is a blank canvas. And you may have an idea of what you want this team to look like right now, but based on what is presented to you in the way of trades for either Gallinari, Chris Paul, and and maybe other players on the team, that can certainly kind of change your mindset as far as what you might be getting in return. If you had to say right now, what does Sam Presti want this team to look like? What 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 is his what is his best hope? What is a perfect Thunder team at this particular moment? Well, I think he's always valued length, uh, tenacity, athleticism, the ability to play multiple positions on both sides of the ball, and I don't think that's changed much. I think the game, the way it's evolved now mandates that you have quality three-point shooting on the roster. I think that will be prioritized in a different way. Uh, but I, I don't think that the mold of what the Thunder have been, nor what Sam Preston envisions in the future, is much different. Obviously, the names, uh, who these guys are, uniform numbers, that's all going to be dramatically different. But I do think that they struck um, gold, absolute gold, in acquiring uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander. He's a player that I think has tremendous upside, very different in the way he plays the game um, than uh, the guy he succeeds in, at the point guard position ultimately in Westbrook. But I think he is a, a long-term keeper, so the, the, the movement forward and, and the identity of this organization and this franchise I think has begun to take shape already uh, in his presence. Now, speaking of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, there's a lot of talk, and I can't imagine that, that this wouldn't be true, that he plays the two to start the year in the starting lineup to give Chris Paul that start at the one. Going back to that first question that I asked, how likely is it if Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to be the face of the organization that we see him put in those situations, be expected to take that shot and be able to take the reins there? Yeah, I, you know, I honestly think, Eric, that when, when you look at guys like Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari, I think that you, you walk – really a, a fine line here. You, you've got to do your best to maximize and squeeze every ounce of what you can from their veteran experience with the younger players on the roster so that they, you know, in essence, impart what being a professional is all about on this level. But I think you also have to keep an eye on minutes played. Both have been somewhat injury-prone. So I think that lends itself to Gildas Alexander 
in essence, being thrown to the fire in a significant way. Now, if that means starting alongside CP3 to begin games and finishing games with him as well for a variety of different reasons to continue learning in only his second NBA season, then so be it. But he's a player that I think last season showed the ability to get nothing but better as the season went on. So a high basketball IQ, really committed to get better at what his craft is. Uh, he's not yet a polished point guard, but he showed a season ago that he could play with a pace uh, that is unflappable. And I think that, uh, at the age of 21, is something the Thunder are really excited about. He also, as the season went on, became a more accurate three-point shooter and, and shot 50% uh, in his uh, the, the playoffs against the Golden State Warriors in round one for the Clippers. So I think there are a lot of different things that can be utilized in what he's all about. And I'm sure Billy Donovan is going to try to tap into all of those things we may see a stagnant situation, a lot like Chris Paul had with James Harden in Houston last season. Those two guys start the game, likely finish the game. What goes on in between is they take turns running the offense. You're in the facility every day. You see Andre Robertson all the time. Um, or it may be more recently that you've seen him on a regular basis. What? How does he look? It's been 20 months now since he went down in Detroit, Matt. So, how does how is Andre doing, and what do you expect his level of participation to be in the preseason, and then ultimately, you know, the first couple of months of the season? What do you think we can expect from Andre? Well, he, he's been, you know, in really good spirits. Uh, I think that um, he's recognized the magnitude of what uh, he underwent when the injury happened a year ago, December in Detroit. Uh, there have been numerous um, setbacks along the way, and I certainly give him a lot of credit for persevering through those, but. The team is still taking, I think, a cautious approach with him. Um, so he's been cleared for five-on-five contact. That's not yet happened uh, in the volunteer workouts that have been going on at the facility. But everybody is here with the exception of Paul uh, Schroeder and um, Gallinari, um, two of those guys involved in international competition for their respective countries, countries, and that's the reason for their um, borderline to training camp arrival. So I think, really, it's, it's an enormous variable entering the season. I don't think anybody, including Dre, knows how, where he is physically right now and mentally, how that will translate his ability to compete at the level he was accustomed to previously. And the team sees no reason to really push and rush that. It's going to, I think, an organic, be an organic, fluid process. Uh, and I think everybody stands by with great curiosity to see what impact he can have coming back. It's worth noting that when Matt was off the air, we did get into a deeper discussion about Andre Robertson, and he's going to struggle to get about 15 minutes a night with this team. One, because of the health issues. As Matt said, is this guy 50%? Is he 60%? How much? How many nights or how many minutes a night can he actually give the Oklahoma City Thunder? Plus, the guy is a complete offensive liability. He shoots less than 50% from the free throw line, so if he's in late in the game... He's the dude you're going to foul because you're guaranteed that he's going to miss at least one shot. He doesn't give you anything from the corner on those threes. You almost have to get out and transition. But if you are sitting up your offense with Dre on the floor, it does leave somebody open to go double-team a guy like Danilo Gallinari. Now, that being said, if you have Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander all on the floor at the same time, that's at least three guys that can shoot, and you figure one of them can knock down a shot. But also, if you have Steven Adams on the floor, that takes away another three-point opportunity. So you're better off with just having one guy that can't shoot threes on the floor. That would be Steven Adams than having him and Dre 
out there at the same time towards the end of games. Coming up, we'll hear more from Matt Pinto, and he will give us some insight as to why Kevin Durant may continue to take pot shots at Oklahoma City and the Thunder. If you've had a long day at work, if you're still stuck at the office, then treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants delivered to you courtesy of DoorDash. Right now, you can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you use the promo code Locked On. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up tomorrow on the Locked On Thunder podcast, we will have highlights from Sam Presti's media session earlier in the day. We'll use the decoder ring to tell you what exactly Sam Presti is saying about the Oklahoma City Thunder's upcoming season. And if we have time, we'll get to our Chris Paul player capsule. If not, we will probably get to that on Monday. We continue on now with our interview with Matt Penno, the voice of the Thunder, and this aired a couple of days ago on 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. And we asked Matt about the turnover in the Thunder roster and how that would affect this team this season. season ago, being, in essence, thrown into the starting lineup in his second season, where, frankly, that was not the anticipated role that he was going to play coming in. It was going to be more um, a 20-minute player, and he became certain nights a 30-plus-minute player. So uh, given his age and what he showed a season ago, Stephen Adams, I think, also playing with Chris Paul and Shea Gilles-Alexander this season um, in what is a bread-and-butter Larry offense, the high screen and roll, I think could have a career year and build upon what he's done so far. So I think that there are identifiable traits to this team that fans are somewhat accustomed to. Dennis Schroeder is also a guy coming off the bench that I think will be looking to generate big things uh, this season. So, you know, I think we know that. In terms of the length of time that Gallinari and Chris Paul will be in a Thunder uniform, that's a variable that nobody can predict right now because they're both valuable commodities that are at a point in their career where it doesn't appear as as though they fit the timeline of the way this is unfolding in Oklahoma City. So Sam Presti, I think, maximized uh, to the nth degree the deals that move Chris Paul and, or I should say, uh, Russell Westbrook and, uh, and Paul George. And so I think that that's in play here as well. I think he wants to generate maximum leverage with both of those guys in order to continue this process that he's excited to take on. We're joined by Matt Pinto here on 97.1 The Sports Animal. He is the voice of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, Matt, one thing I want to ask about, and it goes back to something Bill had already kind of touched on, but Doc Rivers in an L.A. Times article said the Clippers had knowledge that the Thunder wanted to break up the team. With as close as you are around people in that building, was there ever any talk at the end of the year from Sam Presti or anybody else that they felt like they were stuck and they wanted to move in another direction and were already thinking about this before the pieces kind of fell into place this summer? Well, I think the the unfortunate um, reality of that statement and the way it's been um, fixed in in how it's been regurgitated is that what's missing in that statement is that for a team that was as dramatically over the luxury tax as this team was, 
to bow out in the first round of the playoffs in back-to-back years, of course there was going to be change. I mean, there was no way feasibly to keep this going when this group of guys didn't show the ability to advance in the playoffs. Now, did anybody anticipate it would be Paul George and Russell Westbrook? I think that would have been an enormous stretch. But I think that Sam addressed the fact that uh, to keep the group intact from last season, um, when he addressed the media a couple of days after the season ended, um, it was that all things are being considered. Everything's on the table. We've got to figure out what the best path is for us moving forward, but the finances are a factor. So I, I think that when you, you take a look from that perspective, that it makes sense that the roster is being reshaped and that financially this team is moving to the point that it likely will be under the luxury tax this season. Uh, and that, I think, allows for the, the flexibility that they're going to need to continue with what this process is going to be. But was part of the plan going into the offseason to move Westbrook and George um, initiated by the Thunder? I can tell you definitively, absolutely not. Talking with Matt Penno, the voice of the Thunder here on 97.1 The Sports Animal. Matt, the uh, I think most Oklahomans are kind of ready to move on from Kevin Durant. I mean, there will always be a reaction when he plays here. There will always be uh, there will be some hard feelings. There will always be a combination of hard feelings and great memories. But, you know, I, I read this more recent uh, Wall Street Journal piece, and, and I just think, you know, I don't know if it's guilt or if it was a spectacular miscalculation on what the reaction would be when he went to Golden State. I don't get it. A, a, a guy blessed with his athleticism, his length, his talent, to seem as miserable as this guy seems, I don't get it. You know him far better than I ever got to know him. Um, I mean, when you read some of the comments in that in that most recent Wall Street Journal piece and the other stuff, uh, I mean, what, what do you what do you th- do? You feel like you just didn't know the guy? You felt like you knew him, but you really didn't. I mean, what is going on yeah. with this guy? Yeah, and uh, you know. Bill, I'll step out on, on a skinny branch here. Um, I'm a very faithful person in uh, the Lord, and so I pray for him. I pray for his soul. I, I mean, I, I mean that sincerely. I think he is um, confused and tormented. I don't know all the reasons for it. I don't fully understand either. But I think that in some instances you just kind of surrender that and say, um, you know, Lord, do your work here, because it's, a, it's unfortunate and beyond unnecessary. I mean, it, this this should have been put to, to rest. There are facts that if fans want to read between the lines, they understand that the roster was molded with Kevin Durant as a featured part of it that offseason. So you draw your own conclusions. I mean, does that, does that lead you to believe that he had made a commitment here? If that's the case, then that's what it leads you to believe. But he wants to omit the facts of what actually happened. And those are facts that play into the reception he receives when he walks back in that building. It's not just that he went to Golden State. It's the way he went to Golden State. Right. And he can own up to that or choose not to. It's, it's totally up to him. But to perpetuate this as the victim of all of it is ridiculous. And it's old. And, and it's tired. And it, it, he needs to move on in his own life. Just to wrap up that thought on Kevin Durant, and at the risk of ticking people off, I'm going to defend KD here just for a second. Remember, this guy went to three different high schools. National Christian Academy, Oak Hill Academy, and Montrose Academy. And at that point, he never really had a core group of guys that he was playing basketball with or a core group of guys he was being friends with. He was only at Texas for a year. He was in the NBA at 19. 
We know by everything that was said about him and Russell Westbrook after KD left that they never really bonded, and Kevin never really bonded in Golden State with those guys either. So he's still looking for that core group of friends. Plus, Oklahoma City and KD learned some very harsh lessons about the NBA over the last few years. One, Kevin Durant learned, we don't really care about you unless you're playing basketball. And two, athletes don't really care about us unless we're cheering for them. Coming up next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast, Matt tells me if I have the right to be upset about the Thunder not being more forthcoming about Alex Abrinas' mental health. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. We finish up our interview with Matt Pinno with me asking Matt whether or not I've got the right to be upset with the Thunder for not being more forthcoming about Alex Sabrinas' mental health. An employer is always very limited in what can be shared publicly, uh, and and that's um, you know a, a tough line to, to, to follow when players are public personas. And so I think it's more up to a player in that situation to share whatever they choose to publicly. Uh, And I can tell you that in my experience of what went on, the organization did any and everything imaginable to both comfort and and provide him with resources that could benefit him in his life, given what he was going through, and also to protect him. Um, So I think that's part of the role of an organization that genuinely cares about its employees and, and the players that wear their uniform. And I think that's the, the tax that Thunder took and uh, did till the, uh, the, the final day when Alex and the organization decided that it was time to kind of move on. And, and I think at that point, Alex was uncertain whether or not he'd play again uh, in the organization, um, said publicly and certainly has lived this, that he's welcome. He's a Thunder uh, player um, and a Thunder uh, personality that they welcome to be involved in whatever capacity the two choose moving forward. So, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, criticism of the organization on that one probably is misplaced. I think that, you know, there, there are things that um, are very difficult to, to navigate around that situation. HIPAA laws being what they are and teams being limited about what they can say about a player's health is one thing. But there are several instances of teams and players both opening up when guys have gone through depression. The most famous of all of them, or at least one of the most recent and most famous, is Kevin Love from the Cleveland Cavaliers who wrote a piece in the Players' Tribune and talked about his struggles with depression and how it affected him on the court, and more importantly, how it affected his relationship with his teammates. Kevin Love did that. The Thunder could have done that, and this is more than just about keeping a player protected and keeping him from being criticized or looked at strange by fans and media. This is about helping the masses. This is about helping someone, even if it's just one person, get over the fear they have about something they are going through. And Alex Sabrinas and the Oklahoma City Thunder, in my opinion, missed a golden opportunity to not share and put a face on mental health and talk about 
how you can get better in this situation and what you can do to get help. My opinion, Matt doesn't agree with me. Probably people in the Thunder don't agree with me, but I will always have that opinion about Alex Sabrinas in the Thunder is that this could have been a chance to save some lives. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Back tomorrow with the highlights of Sam Presti's media session tomorrow. And if we have time, our Chris Paul player capsule. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.